Challenges won't stop me. It's a strength and resilience mindset. Let me tell you, it's not ignoring the difficulties in your life. Just look at it as a journey of seeing opportunities in the challenges and discovering who God intends for you to be. Whether it's host Melanie Brown's motivational messages or it's courageous women sharing the strategies and habits they utilize when navigating those unexpected turns. You can expect to become equipped and empowered to fight to overcome any challenge that dares to cross your path. The goal? Building and maintaining a challenges won't stop me mindset. Let's go. Thanks for joining me for today's strategy episode. I invited Whitney Ward back to share a strategy that keeps her moving forward. In episode 86, Whitney described her rare disease, which is called MAGA syndrome, and how it has caused some limitations that could have stopped her from living fully. But be assured, this joy-filled woman isn't about to let any challenge stop her. Long ago, Whitney decided she would choose to focus on what she can do instead of what she cannot do. This strategy has allowed her and others to see that the cans of life outweigh the cannots. Whitney believes we can't get stuck in our limitations. We must keep moving forward. Amen, sister. Such great wisdom about how to navigate life. I'm eager for you to hear Whitney describe her strategy. So please join me for my conversation with Whitney Ward. Whitney, I am super excited, as I was for the first episode, to hear your story, but even more so because I know your topic, and I relate to your topic that we're going to talk about today, a strategy that has been super helpful to you, something that you have used basically all your life, and I have too. Some people don't understand this because they don't have to deal with it, so this is going to be something where we're going to have to explain it a little bit to understand, but welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Your strategy is not looking at what you can't do, but focusing on what you can. Yeah. I am all about that. I want to hear how the things that you've come across that basically said either physically or mentally or whatever, you just really can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can. Maybe it looks different. Maybe it sounds different, but I'm going to do it. So just jump right in. So that mindset was instilled in me at a very young age. My parents instilled that in me first. And thankfully, when I became an adult, I decided to keep that philosophy because it allowed me to do so many things because I was focusing on what I could do and not what I couldn't do. I'd say as a, a child, the big thing that I did was 
go to school, even though most people were baffled that I wasn't homeschooled. Why is she going to school when she misses, you know, 75 to 100 days of school a year? Why doesn't she just get homeschooled? But my parents believed that my life consisted so much of doctor's appointments and um, just laying on the couch that when I felt good, they wanted me to have life experiences. So they did what they could do and made a way for me to go to school by having an IEP, having a tutor. And each day, I wouldn't just get up and say, I don't feel good, not going to school. I would get up and say, okay, I don't feel good. I'm not going for now, but I'll assess in a couple of hours. And even if I could only go for one period, it was a win. It was a win because, you know, I got to go and, and it have some life experiences. And they also believe that would help me face the real world. Because even though I faced a lot of conflict and not very nice people in high school, it did build my character and it made me realize that we don't know everyone's story and what they're, what they're going through. And then we went on to college. And at first I stayed home, but then I had a dream to go away to college. And my parents helped me with that that dream. Thankfully, they did not tell me this until a very long time after, but someone in our church approached them and said, why are you allowing her to go to college, go away to college? She'll never You're setting her up for failure. <gasps> oh my yes. goodness. Yes. I'm so glad they didn't tell me that, but they, they told him, you know, she's an adult. This is her dream. She wants to try it. And we're going to help her put the things in place that will assist her. You know, at colleges, they had a, a program for kids with disabilities. And so I, I was in that program. So I had a professor who could be my liaison between other professors and could vouch for me. I went to a school where I had family around. So when I wasn't feeling good, I could go there to rest and do what I uh, needed to do to, to bounce back. And I did graduate from, from Asbury. I went away to school and I, I graduated. And so that's been my life, focusing on, hey, how can I accomplish this? Not, oh, it's not going to happen. And the thing is, you know, even if you try it and you don't, that's still a victory. Amen. Say that again, Whitney. Say yeah. that again. Even if you try it and you don't accomplish it, it's still a victory because you tried. Yes, that's still, yes. That's still a victory. Yes, you didn't take no for an answer. You said, I'm going to give this my best shot. And, and and the thing is, that's for everyone. Able body is able. That, that's for everyone. It's not just for us. And I think that's one thing you have to, like, when you have a disability, you have to keep in mind that healthy people have limitations. but Sadly, you're made to feel that because you have a disability and have to do things differently than society says, then you're the only one with limitations. And that's just not not the case. So that's, I will try. And the thing is, more times than not, when I've tried, I've succeeded because I had a willing attitude. I got on my side and I realized, okay, I might not do it like other people do it. It might take longer to, to accomplish it, but I am still going to give it my best shot. And you'll see if you have that focus that the cans outweigh the cannots.
They always will. Yes. Yes. What I'm hearing is when you see something that may be challenging, not necessarily a health challenge, but just something in life that is challenging because of your limitations, you don't look at it and go, yeah, I guess I just can't do it. It's just not for me. You go, okay, it's a challenge, but I'm not going to let challenges stop me. Exactly. I'm going to figure out a different way or, as you said, it it may take me longer, but I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And a lot of times it does take longer for me because I have anemia. And so I get tired easily or, you know, have to sleep longer than, than others. And I've just had to sometimes accept that because I've felt guilty at times or ashamed that, you know, okay, they can do this on four hours of sleep and <laughs> I need nine hours of sleep to do it. My mom said before when I, you know, put too much pressure on myself, like Whitney, they do not have an autoimmune disease. <laughs> You do. And, you know, you're still trying. You're still doing it, even though, you know, it might take you a little bit longer. So stop, like, putting guilt and pressure on yourself. You know, the only reason you would need to is if you just stop trying. But yes. you're trying. And that's that's all that matters. If you try something and you fail, for lack of a better word, yeah. it just doesn't work out and you fail, as you said earlier, you you at least tried. So to me, there is no shame in trying and it not working out. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to use the word shame. When you don't at least try, that's what is the, yeah. the, the downside is not doing the things that you want to do, whether it's with your peers or at a job or anything, if you just don't at least give it a try, because just like with your school, the teachers gave you accommodations, not because you weren't able to do it, but you needed it to be in a different fashion. Exactly. Those who aren't trying, that's, that's the sad part. It's not failing. Failing is not sad or to be embarrassed about. It's the not trying. Yeah. I love the attitude that your parents instilled in you, similar to the attitude my parents instilled in me. Mm-hmm. We want you to try everything that yeah. your normal bodied peers are mm-hmm. able to do. I played basketball. Somebody was very gracious at one point in time, and it, I just still laugh at this. They <laughs> were very gracious and gave me the opportunity to be on the all star basketball team. Uh, I don't know who chose me, but. I was definitely not worthy of being an all-star player because the other girls that were on the team that deserved to be there, whoo, they ran circles around me. They were yeah. so much better. But mm-hmm. my parents believed that the sports would help me tremendously with strengthening my left side, with my balance issues, with my coordination issues. And, yeah. and it did. I wish we had video back then because I would have, I would love to see the video of me playing basketball. It had to have been hilarious. Yeah. It must have been. But I loved it because I felt like I was doing something. It didn't look like everybody else, clearly, but I I was doing, I was trying. They made me learn how to ride a bicycle and my balance was 
so bad still is. It took me until I was nine or 10 years old, way past all these kids that had been riding their bikes since they were like four on those little bitty yeah. bikes. Yeah. Think anything of it until they, they say something like you just normal. I'm trying, you know, but then they're like, you still don't know how to ride a bike. And then it's like, all of a sudden you're self-conscious. You're, you're out of that, that protective bubble of your parents. And, you know, I, and I think that's why my parents wanted me to go to school uh, when I could, it's because they wanted me to learn how to react and how to yes. handle it because that was going to happen in the real world. And school is kind of like your practice time to know how to react to, to world problems and adulting. <laughs> Spraining <laughs> on a battlefield. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One of the things that I get tickled about God's sense of humor in that my left hand, because of my stroke that I had when I was two, my fine motor skills are not great. I, yeah. I went to physical therapy for many, many years and picked up pennies with my fingers and yeah. How has that really helped me? It really hasn't necessarily, but to know that fine motor skills are hugely important. The only pass that my parents ever gave me as far as having a situation that really confronted my limitations was typing in high school. And you're much too young to remember this, but in my high school, we had to take a typing class. And well, when your left hand doesn't have fine motor skills, you really can't do that. They approached the administration and said she really can't take that class because she'll fail it and an F yeah. would completely destroy her GPA. And so I got a pass. Uh, yeah. However, I was determined that I was going to learn how to type. Mm -hmm. So when the senior English paper came along, I insisted that I would type it. Yeah. Not knowing that God, all these years later, would say, hey, Mel, I really want you to be a writer and you're going to be typing a whole lot. You need practice. You need practice. You need to at least figure out a method. So I'm going to describe this, but you can see it, Whitney, because we're looking at each other on video. My left index finger is yeah. my shift key. And then my right fingers are everything else. That's my compensatory skills. That's how I type. It doesn't yeah. look like everybody else. It, it was not. I've had people comment about it. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, that didn't. Did you not learn how to type? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you're groaning because you know, yeah. you know, when people yeah. make comments and you're thinking, I don't really have the time to tell you my whole history and why this is no. what it is. But the the fact is, is that I, I've learned to compensate, and God has used it. Yeah. yeah. I'm very grateful that I have a method. It doesn't look like anybody else's. And yeah, I'm actually not very slow because over the, <clears throat> excuse me, over the years yeah. I've practiced and therefore gotten faster. Yeah. So tell me about some other limitations that you might have and how that might've been a can't, but you said, oh no, I can do that. Oh my goodness. Schooling was a huge, huge thing. One one big thing was I had an enlarged spleen, and um, it was the biggest 
back then doctors have ever felt. Now, I'm sure there's a spleen now that's bigger, but it came out of my uh, left rib cage and went down to my hip bone and all the way over to my belly button. And it was removed when I was 12, but before that, there was always a very uh, scary risk that it could rupture. And so, therefore, I was not allowed to play sports. I was not allowed to do any, like, contact activities with the neighborhood kids or anything like that. A bike was pretty much forbidden because they said the handlebars could go into your side. But you know, my parents figure out ways that I could do that safely. And so with the bike, even though it was a little bit of, you know, embarrassing to be a 10 year old with training wheels, that's what I did. So I could at least ride a bike and not worry about the balance, you know, causing the the handlebars to go into my spleen. And then when it came to playing sports, I, we would stay in uh, the yard, our yard and play with just my sister and my dad, because they knew where the spleen was located and how to keep it safe. And it was tough because, you know, neighborhood kids would come over that we knew we were friends with and, hey, can we, can we play with you? And my dad would have to tell them, no, you know, no, you can't play. It's too risky for Whitney, just, just us. And then eventually they would leave, which I understand because they're just sitting there watching us play baseball and they can't do anything. But, you know, it was tough because that that would have been fun. You know, my, my normal childhood heart would have wanted to all of us to play baseball in my yard, but we couldn't. And that was tough. But I, I'm thankful that we did what I could do. And I could experience some of the things that just make life so much fun and, and enjoyable and worth living. And even though it wasn't the same as everyone else, like we said, you know, I made the best of it and, and found ways that I I could could do that. Now as I'm older, um, I'd say some of the weirder things would be uh with arthritis. I'm not as flexible as other people. And you know, I there's no way I could ride a bike because I can't bend my knee. I've had three knee replacements. Yeah. So that is a little, you know, like when they when I have to do the arthritis intake form and like, how how do you do with riding a bike? And I'm like, well, <laughs> can't ride a bike so so there's just those things but you know there's other things that I can do and that I enjoy doing and you know I enjoy hiking I can do that I enjoy swimming I can do that just those things that I can I can focus on and even like go go paint pottery with friends go to the movies or you know just just those things that I I can focus on those things that I I can do and I, I do want to thank God that he gave me a calling and he gave me a gift and passion with something that I can do and he didn't give me a passion for being a, a doctor or a lawyer where I would never be able to keep up with that schedule or and, uh, obtain even like even I would I don't even know it would take me years to even get through school for it and but he gave me something that I can do. That is our God. He's a God of cans, not cans. So I, I, I definitely praise him for that. To me, what I'm hearing is it's definitely strategies that you've had to implement all throughout your life when you've encountered challenges 
with your limitations or with needing to sleep or doing things differently. Pacing myself. Yes. Exactly. If I do something, you know, major, like one week, then I know, okay, the next week I'm going to have to take it easy. And just, just knowing your body's huge. Your body speaks to you if you listen. Yes. If you listen, you you can do pretty much what you want to do if you take care of your body. So. And how much focus do you have to put on healthy eating and drinking water and exercising to be able to do the things that you want to do? Sleeping's huge. I have to get the rest I, I you know, need to get. Exercising is is good, but it always depends on when I feel like it because sometimes, hey, I'm preparing for this so that this is all I can put my energy in. Like I just studied for grad school exams and that was all I could do is study for them. I really couldn't focus on anything else. So I just have to understand that I need to do one big thing at a time. And that includes sleeping. I do need to eat well, especially I'm a type one diabetic. So I'm on low carb diets. I've come to terms with doing the things that I need to do to live life to the the fullest, even if those things aren't always pleasant. It's either that or just existing. And I want to live life to the fullest. So I'm not going to just exist. I was was created more to do anything just aside from existing. So that's my life. It's my life's motto and my MO. It is so in line, again, with the way that I look at life and navigate life as well. We are here for a purpose. All of us are. Yeah. Um, you and I both have had health issues and continue to have health issues and will continue to have health issues, mm-hmm. which will put limitations on us at different periods in our lives. Yeah. I'm going to read from the notes that you sent me prior to our recording of this. Yeah. I want you to continue on after I share what you shared. You have said the biggest strategy I've used my whole life is to focus on what I can do, not on what I can't do. I have found that when I focus on what I can't do, I'll never move forward with any kind of purpose. I'll be just stuck in one place, depressed and hopeless. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That really is. Thank you. It's a mindset. Oh, it is. If we're focused all the time on, I can't do this, I'm missing out on this. Yeah. Then, yeah, depressing, hopeless, no purpose. Yuck. To continue Um, on what you said, but when I focus on what I can do, I have a purpose. Yes. I move forward, advancing in life, helping others, and I am full of joy and hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a mindset. Now, question. Yes, ma'am. You and I both had wonderful parents who uh-huh. incorporated this mindset. So for me, it's so ingrained in me. It's so ingrained in you. Yeah. I can't think differently, nor do I want to, honestly. No. But what if there is someone listening who does have that mindset that... Mm-hmm all of the limitations that they might have or the challenges, whether it's a health challenge or a financial challenge or relationship challenge, and they've got an I can't mindset. Yeah. What advice would you give about 
learning an I can mindset? Well, here's one thing that I have learned. When I was younger, I always felt that I could not have any emotion or couldn't show that things were hard for me because if I did, it meant that I couldn't handle my disease. But the thing is, you can grieve over the things that you cannot do. That's not what we're saying here. You can grieve. You can get angry and like ask God why, because he knows the answer to why. He he doesn't forbid us to come to him and say why. So Absolutely. you can, exactly you can do that. And sometimes you need to do that in order to move forward. The key though is you don't stay there. You don't stay there. You move forward. You say, okay, I've I've grieved enough. I've I've internalized this enough. And now it's just time to get up and and move forward and do what I, I can do and not focus on what I, I can't do because like I said, you're you're not you're never gonna get anywhere if you keep focusing on that. So yeah, take time for yourself where you you grieve what you can't do. You grieve what you've lost, but don't stay there or you'll never know what you can gain. You'll never know what you can do. And so that would be my advice. Beautiful. I'm going to piggyback off and then we're going to wrap up. And that is to say, just get out there and try things. It may not look pretty at first. Oh, yeah. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to let that limit me. Yeah. I'm going to keep trying new things because I want to experience life. And you said earlier to live fully. Yes, that's what God has called us to. Exactly. That's what he created us to do. Yes. Whitney, I could probably spend the rest of the afternoon just talking with you and talking about all the things that we have in common and just being inspired and encouraged by what you have to share. But unfortunately, we are out of time. All good things must come to an end. Absolutely. (laughs) But I love that we met at Blue Ridge and that we can continue to be friends and support and encourage each other. Of course. And the next time I'm in Marietta, where my dad's from, we'll have to get lunch or something. Absolutely. Yes. You can count on it. Yes, that'll be fun. Thank you for having me. I've had a blast. Thank you. Thank you.